0: Namaste, ladies and gentlemen. Today, we shine the shimmering spotlight on Dr. Nicholas Wilson. Nicholas, thank you for joining me and welcome to your excellent spotlight. Thank you. Thank you, Jay. Looking forward. Mate, you are someone who's extremely passionate about clinical research, data analysis, and from what I know, traveling. Right? These passions have taken you all across the globe. In pursuit of clinical research, whereby you've had some significant experiences and learnings that have not only helped hone your skill set, but have also helped you discern what you want to pursue, and all that on your own terms. To me, that's a reward for willingness to take risks and the determination to stay the course in terms of pursuing challenges that help you grow as a person while tapping into your intellectual acumen every step of the way. And that's truly commendable and, to me, worth emulating. But I tell you what, my favorite part about you is that you're a New Zealander, a Kiwi, and I can talk cricket with you. (laughs) Anyway, jokes apart. Nicholas, please help us understand aspects of your educational and work experience-based background that have allowed you to be successful thus far.
1: Wow. Okay, thank you. As the inaugural World Test Cricket Champion, I... uh... I thank you for for adding that in.
0: You, you had to rub that in, right? I had to. <laughs>
1: Love I, it, man. Um, I guess I need to take it all the way back to the beginning. Um, son of a pharmacist and, and lactation consultant midwife in New Zealand, I was always interested in science. Mm-hmm. I, I just loved science. And that led me to university where I did my bachelor's and master's in pharmacology in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was then that I, I just realized I, I loved research. Um, I jumped, jumped over to Sydney following that where where there's a lot more opportunity, especially for, for people wanting to do research. And I found my home uh, in the Royal North Shore Hospital in Sydney. And it was there that I undertook my PhD. And that was a, a lot of fun and mm-hmm. and met some great mentors that really helped steer my career and, and who I'm still in touch with today. Mm-hmm. Um, we we were working on a on a massive multi center randomized clinical trial looking at the effect of sunlight on the elderly population. Mm-hmm. Um, it was great, and I used my pharmac- pharmacological knowledge uh, to to look at the burden of medicines, uh, the effect on falls, the effect on mortality, uh, and and I think that was really. It helped me get some skills that that I still use today looking back on that you know sure. I I was very fortunate to have seven uh peer reviewed publications as as first author uh which That's is a massive, testament man. to the I know uh, looking back as testament to the good team I had around me as well that that pushed me and helped me um and of course something very important about there as well uh was where I met my future wife and mm-hmm. uh So following the the successful completion of my, my PhD love brought us back to, to Barcelona, Mm -hmm. which is uh, where I currently am. And we lived here for a couple of years. Um, I was working at a small health economics consultancy firm doing systematic literature reviews, um, -hmm. health economic modeling, uh, still utilizing all of my skills. Mm -hmm. Following two years of that, we got itchy feet and just wanted an adventure. So we were very fortunate to have the opportunity to go and work in Abu Dhabi and and one of the biggest referral centers uh, of rheumatology there in in the Middle East. Mm -hmm. Um, My wife being a rheumatologist and I at that stage as an academic researcher, um, it was an all-encompassing job talking about uh, well, the, the main the main plan there was to design a rheumatological registry uh, to change the way data was gathered uh, mm-hmm. to make make it more uh, even across the board. So we know that the doctors are collecting the same type of data. Therefore, we can start publishing material. Uh, but we also we we did audits, we did health screening campaigns, retrospective prospective studies. We had CROs come into our department. And and run their their studies. We did funding proposals, SOPs. Um, it was it was great. I learned so much there, especially you know in a region that that doesn't have a massive track record of of research or academia, which is you know they they put more importance onto onto clinical onto the clinical outcomes of their patients, which is fine. So that was that was challenging, but really really helped me grow. Uh, the two years that that we were there. Following that, uh, I was invited to to Zurich University uh, for a, a postdoctoral fellowship there for one year, uh, where I was I was doing the the full epide- epidemiological project management uh, for doctors' dissertations. Um, we were kind of embedded as well within a large uh, EU clinical trial looking at healthy aging vitamin D supplementation again, and and gerontology. Um, again, fantastic to be able to, to live in a, in a different culture, different languages. So following that one year, uh, second to last move, we, we moved to the UK and it was there that I was introduced to the world of, of the medical devices. I worked uh, in the in uh, the surgical innovation team at the University of Bristol, mm-hmm. and amongst other things, we the, the the main branch that I was working for was looking at at a core outcome set for new surgical procedures and devices. You know, when when early phase studies, when when you're trying to put new medical devices on the market, we didn't think it was very clear what exactly you needed to report or what you didn't report. And so we wanted to have a, a more a safer, more transparent uh to just I guess to ensure the the efficient evaluation of these things. And that, that was great as well. We we you know were in theater looking at, at surgeons performing new techniques or using new devices. We had a really deep dive into the regulatory affairs information and, and all the guidance to see what the regulatory bodies uh want you to to prove when you introduce new new guidance for for new devices mm-hmm. um you know on top of that and and uh all of this time you know be, being in academia you're you're also presenting all the time as well and uh it was great fun i i do i do miss that a bit so yeah we were we were five years five years in the u k and mm-hmm. that now we, uh, we're back in Spain, but I've been working now for RQM plus for three and a half years, uh, predominantly IVD, but also MD work, um, loving it, loving the change of pace, the deadlines, the pressure. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm really enjoying it here. And so that brings us to, to where we are.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I, you know, I'm now the, the principal here. I am tech lead on various projects. Mm-hmm. We, we've we got a good team around us. I'm, you know, I'm really happy where I am.
0: Mate, as of it wasn't enough that we could talk cricket, you completely <laughs> had me at seven publications from your uh, doctoral yeah. dissertation. and And what's more, as I've just learned, that was just the tip of the iceberg. There is just such an abundantly rich body of experience following your PhD work. I'm sure we could go into each one of those as separate chapters, and there would be much to learn from. Um, but for now, let's let's change tracks sl- slightly. You know, you you have a very very strong research and technical expertise, right? So, what aspects of all of these roles came easily to you? And what did you have to work hard to attain, retain, and eventually master?
1: Yeah, good question. I mean, I guess a lot of the skills that I, I learned from a career in academia are very transferable. You know, I've already mentioned the the communication and presentation skills. Um, you know, we, we travel, luckily, fortunately, one of, one of the, the beauties of academia, you get to travel the world as well to present your findings. Um, so I've spoken at, at countless conferences around the world in front of small rooms, large theatres. And, and I think that really helps when, when you sit down and and you have to present something uh, to clients or even within your own team. I mean, the, the main one as well that I would say would be my writing skills. Um, Mm -hmm. the amount of body of work that you have to read and write and then rewrite and rewrite again. Um, it's it's, you know, that all, that all counts, that accumulates.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, the, the data analysis as well and, and the interpretation of, of the data, you know, we get thrown into maybe slightly different medical fields depending on the client's needs at the moment. Sure. And whilst you might not need to understand it at depth, you need to understand what you're looking for and you need mm-hmm. to, you need to be able to convey that. For when you're when you're summarizing the document or when you're trying to uh, extract the important outcomes that you know that that the notified body is going to want to look at mm-hmm. um possibly there's a, a time management one but it's in a different it's kind of twisted around you know when i look back to to, to working at universities and, and hospitals that the time frames are a lot more open um now we have we have weekly or daily deadlines and so right. that the whole the whole time management uh kind of skill that i guess i just i i had but now it's now it's all been shortened and compacted um i guess as well like we've been very fortunate that my wife and i have have professions that have allowed us to travel and work mm-hmm. in various countries and that that brings challenges but also rewards as well you sure. know, you, you get exposed to different cultures, different languages, different work ethics. You know, that can put right. put you outside your comfort zone a little bit, but it, at the end, it, it makes you more adaptable to change. and And I think personally, having a a, a global perspective, um, you know, you get better cultural awareness. Uh, mm-hmm. You adapt to people from different cultures, and you know, now that we've got clients from all all over the globe uh i I think that's gotta be a, a a positive absolutely absolutely. and yes what what did I find tricky um a skill that was hard to manage probably the the massive amount of people management that I mm. wasn't maybe expecting you know suddenly being thrown in to be a technical lead uh on a project with fifteen medical writers uh but w- you know once you get through that that initial stage where everyone's got queries. Uh, it's such a nice feeling to be able to help people and and true. get get the project across the line. Very true. It's
0: good to hear. It's great to hear. So Nicholas, what are examples of some of your achievements that you remain in, remain excited about on a daily basis? Something that spurs you on to do better every day?
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's clear. It's got to be the accomplishments that that we've that we've done and the astonishing mm. amount of work that we have produced to help Mm -hmm. our clients, Um, you know, we were currently coming to the end of a two year project uh, with a client for we've submitted almost 400 documents to the notified body. Another (laughs) one, we helped them with more than 200 of their products. And, and I think when I start a new project, sometimes it feels like a bit of a mountain that you Mm -hmm. need to climb. Um, But at the end of the day, that feeling of, of accomplishment, uh, we've helped the clients with their technical issues, uh, getting these documents across the line, and really painting the picture for the notified mm. body to show that these products deserve
0: and should be on the market. Right, right. Especially in today's nuanced regulatory world, right? Mm. Mate, you have an amazing background, a simply astounding array of work, the breadth of which is is, for the lack of a better way to say it, is unparalleled Um, especially given where you are in your career with how much more there is to follow and perhaps to me what's even more exciting is where you're going to end up in time to follow because you're somebody who will continue taking risks you're seeking adventure and learning all the time you're never going to be satisfied so you're one of those in once again in my mind who should be chronicling all your experiences and will perhaps turn into a one-of-its-kind book that combines travelogues with clinical research. You know, one of those transcendental reads that one doesn't really come across too often. I certainly haven't up until now, so maybe you'll be the one to do that. And I would like to wish you much success, happiness, and learnings in time to follow. It has been an absolute pleasure to learn about your career path and some of the cornerstones associated with it. And once again, may you go on to become the absolute paragon of all that you are en route to. Thank you, and good luck, Nicholas.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Jay. They're, they're very humbling words. Uh, and namaste. Back Pleasure. To you.